the General Mills Radio Adventure Theater. I'm Tom Bosley. Welcome once again to the magic world of radio. Jules Verne was writing over a century ago. Yet because of his vision of the future, his stories today, a hundred years later, are still science fiction. For although much of what he prophesied has already come true, many of his predictions still await discovery or proof. None more so than the story I bring you today. Our adventure, Journey to the Center of the Earth, was adapted from the Jules Verne novel, especially for the General Mills Radio Adventure Theater by Ian Martin. I shall return shortly with Act One. Welcome. Professor Otto Lidenbrock was a man of such determined purpose that when he dedicated himself to some single goal, Nothing could stop him. This is the story of him, of his orphan nephew Axel, Vicky, the girl Axel loved, and of a strange old parchment with a cryptic message that catapulted the professor into leading all of them into the burning depths of hell. Come. Excuse me, Axel, but the housekeeper asked me. The professor is not here. No, Vicky. Something must have delayed him. Don't tell me Martha has dinner ready to serve. Almost. What time do you think it is? I really don't know. I was busy studying these rocks, and I get busy. I don't notice the time. Oh, you're as bad as your uncle. You live in a world apart. Not me. Only the world you're in. Axel. Well, if you don't want anyone to hear, close the door. What would Martha have to say about that? Or my guardian? What the professor and his housekeeper don't know won't hurt them. Darling, quick, kiss me. Oh, Axel. Oh, you're so nice. You'd be even nicer as a husband. No, until you finish your medical studies and I my apprenticeship as a mineralogist to my uncle, we just have to wait. Oh, it's so long, Axel. To me, it seems longer than eternity. Axel! Axel, my... Uh, oh, there you are. Uh, close the door, close the door. Oh, uh, yes, Uncle. Now, uh... Don't you recognize your own ward, Professor Linderbrook? Huh? Oh, yes, 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 of course. What are you doing in my study, Vicky? Well, Martha sent me to tell you that the soup is ready. To the devil with the soup, Ted. I'm busy, child. You go drink the soup. And now, Axel. Yes, Uncle. Uh, first, I'll go with Vicky and explain you to Martha. You will do we... no such thing. You will get that girl out of here and close the door. So I can tell you what I have found. It's fabulous. Fabulous. My uncle was curator of the Mineralogical Museum in Hamburg and one of two or three of the most famous men in his field. He was a tall, vital man in his late forties. He was renowned for his enormous intelligence, his monumental impatience, and a horrifying temper, more or less in that order. Imagine, Axel, to find a treasure beyond price by accident at a bookstall. Look at it. Heims Kringler of Snorro Turelson. Ah, but, but, but look at what I found inside it, dear boy. Now, what do you make of that? Uh, a piece of paper? No, parchment. Parchment. Okay, very well, a parchment. 
Read. Read what is written there. I can't. The letters look Icelandic. Ah, wait, look at the signature. At least that can be read. Arne Saknussem. One of the most famous alchemists of the 16th century. But what's his connection with this book? Don't you see, Arne must have owned this book. And this paper, he hid in it. I know enough to know. This is in code. It is a, a puzzle, a cryptogram. And I shall not rest until it is solved. I wonder if I had realized then what solving it would mean if I would have accepted the challenge. Because it was only going to catapult him, and with him, myself and the woman I loved, into an adventure bizarre and mystifying beyond belief. <sighs> a hundred and thirty-two letters of the alphabet in apparent disorder. What is the key? I have tried them in all sorts of mathematical combinations. Look at this sheet where I have written them vertically. Uh, yes, come. Forgive me, uh, but you've been locked in here all day. Martha wants to know... Tell Martha when we are ready for eating, I shall let her know. Yes, Professor. No luck with the cipher. Uh, how did you know about it? Oh, why, I... I told her about it, Uncle. There are no secrets between Vicky and me. Oh? How is that? You may as well know. We want to be married. Well, you may as well know. I don't think either of you are ready for it. You're quite sure of that, Professor? You know, Axel can solve your old puzzle any time he wants. He can? Axel, how long have you known the answer? Uh, for several days. Then why haven't you told me? Because I'm afraid of what it may mean. Never mind that. How long are you going to keep me in suspense? Supposing I made a bargain. If the news is worth it, would you agree to Vicky and me being married? My dear boy, except that it is too soon, nothing would be nearer to my heart. But well, is, is that what you want, Vicky? With all my heart. Confound it. I, all right, yes. Now let us waste no more time. What is the key? You stack the letters vertically. Now read them backwards. <laughs> Great heavens. I can't believe what I think I read. It is in Latin. Not very good Latin. But it could be read thus. Descend into the crater of Snefels, over which the shadow of Scartaris falls before the Kalends of July, bold traveler, and you will reach the center of the earth. I have done this. Arnisaknusum. The center of... We shall do it, too. You and I, Axel. I suppose I cannot refuse that, but you must give me something in exchange. If we set out on this mad adventure, you must give your consent that Vicky and I can be married first. Uh, well, I suppose if it is what you both want. Oh, you see, Axel, all it needed was the right kind of miracle. When, Uncle? Well, the, the sooner the better. Tomorrow? Uh, yes, if you wish. <laughs> of course, we weren't married the next day. But before the week was out, poor Uncle Otto, he didn't quite know what he was letting himself in for. What do you mean, take Vicky with us? Do you realize the dangers, the hardships, the inconceivable problems we may face buried deep in the bowels of the earth? 
If you want Axel along, you must take me, too. Want Axel? I need him. I need his fluency in languages. She's a better mountain climber than either of us. She's trained in medicine, and she's no stranger to mineralogy. She'd be far more of a help than a hindrance. Ah, so, so very well. I shall argue no further. There is not time. But you had better prepare yourselves. We leave the day after tomorrow. There is only one boat service to Iceland on the 30th of each month. Unless we catch that boat, we would be too late to discover... to discover a realm no man ever has set foot in before. The inside of the earth. All the way down to the very heart of it. That was our honeymoon. That boat trip to Iceland. That cold, remote island in the North Atlantic. A honeymoon shadowed by the frightening thought of what was to come. At least for me, if not for Vicky. Oh, Axel, will you stop looking so gloomy? Come and look at the moon with me. I'm sorry, Vicky. It's a lovely moon and a nice cool breeze, and I just wish our voyage would go on forever. How about our happiness? There won't be much room for that once we reach Iceland. You really think there is such a moment when the sun will cast a shadow that miraculously points to a strange opening nobody else has ever explored, and that once through it, we will all just walk casually to the middle of the earth? <laughs> no. Then what's there to worry about? My uncle was received and entertained in Iceland as one of the foremost mineralogists in the world, and it was a perfectly normal thing for him to request and receive a guide to lead us to the huge extinct volcano which dominates Iceland's skyline. Then came the incredible moment when at last the four of us, Hans Belke, our guide, my uncle, Vicky, and myself, having scaled the mountain itself and plunged deep into its volcanic crater, found there three chimneys any of which from their dark and forbidding promise could be bottomless and might well be the passage we were seeking. Uh, two days we have sat here in this swirling fog and there's no sun to cast a shadow to point out our path. Is it so important after all, Uncle Otto? Important? <laughs> Only the realization of a life's dream for me. Supposing the sun's shadow does point to a place where we could enter and try to get to the center of the earth. What difference would it really make? If we tried it, we'd all be burned to a crisp. Ah, no, no, no. The heat is odd on the surface. That was the theory of the man who is leading us to take this expedition, Arne Sapnussen, and who lived to prove it. But, Uncle, if he achieved this, why has no one heard of him? Because Arne Sapnussen was persecuted for heresy. And in 1573, his works were burned by the common hangman at Copenhagen. Then are we the only ones who know his secret? If he had one to preserve. But he left no indication of which of these chimneys is our pathway to glory. The sun would tell us if this overcast would just break and... There's the sun now. And, and the shadow... Shoot. Look... It is pointing right to the center chimney. Just as Arnie said it would. You really believe all of this? Oh, yes. There is our route to 
true. Immortality. When we go down that rock chimney, we would be the first human beings to explore the mystery of inside our planet. And to reach at last the center of the Earth. Can you believe that somewhere there is a fissure in the Earth's crust through which people like you and me could descend 5,000 miles until we reach the very center of this spinning globe? And if you had the chance, since men have opened all the continents, sailed the seven seas, and conquered space, and revealed the mysteries of the ocean, since this is the only place left unexplored, could you resist the adventure? I'll return shortly with Act Two. The General Mills Radio Adventure Theater will return shortly. Four lonely human beings dwarfed by the immensity of the crater in which they stand are frozen at this special moment when the shadow of the great mountain Scartaris points directly to one of the three great chimneys reaching downwards into oblivion. The entrance, according to an alchemist dead for 500 years, to the passage that will eventually lead them to the very center of the earth. It looks bottomless. I doubt it. If Arne Saknussen went down it and came back to tell the tale. If... We can repel ourselves down there, but what about the food and supplies? Ah, they would go down by themselves, Vicky. What do you mean? Watch Hans. He has already roped them together. He just threw it over. It'll be waiting for us. Listen. Good. I'll turn now. Uncle, we can't go down there. It's, it's vertical, like a chimney. Oh, not quite. Your uncle is right. No worse than any of the Alps I've climbed. I've been talking to Hans. But you don't speak his language. When it comes to mountain climbing, I do. Now look, the rope is hooked around this projection of rock, so it acts like a pulley. Hans will go down first till he finds a ledge or somewhere he can have footing. Then he'll signal us to come down. All you have to do is take hold of both ropes and use your feet to push off against the mountain. Then you sort of slide down. Are you ready? As ready as I'll ever be, I guess. There's no bottom to this. Of course there is. Listen. It sounds like miles. Nonsense. I timed it. Adding the velocity of a falling object to the return speed of sound, I would estimate some 3,000 feet. And how long is our rope? 400 feet. But it was double, so say 200. Which only means we have to repeat what we have just done about 15 times before we reach the bottom of the chimney. We're mad. That's impossible. We've got to go back. It is a little late for that. Hans has already disengaged the rope to use for the next turn. And I doubt if any of us could climb back up without it. Hans, 
My uncle was right. It took 15 times, hooking the rope around whatever projecting rock we could find, to reach the bottom of that dark, narrow, dreadful chimney in the rock. By the time we reached bottom, exhausted, the last of daylight was fading. And looking up, the hole we had climbed into far above our heads was little bigger than a silver dollar. It was like looking through a gigantic telescope at a tiny star. A star which flickered and then went out as all of us fell into an exhausted sleep. Axel? Yeah? Axel, wake up. Come, come, come to my boy. Come to. I'm, I'm, I'm dizzy. I'm seeing stars. Nonsense. It is just the daylight bouncing off the lava. Like a shower of sparks. Where, where's Vicky? Ah, uh, she went up the chimney with Hans, you see. They are getting the bundle with our supplies loose where it caught on the rock. Oh, yes. We're inside the mountain. Right. But so far, we haven't even penetrated the earth's crust. What do you mean? We started down this tube from the crater of a mountain. We are only back to sea level. Are you sure? Look at the barometer. It shows the same air pressure at sea level. But as we go deeper and leave more air above us, its pressure will increase. And by measuring that pressure, we can calculate how deep we are. Mm, if we can breathe by then. Oh, we would descend gradually. And that way, our lungs will get used to the heavier air. Uh, get over here, Axel. Into the shaft opening. Okay, that's Hoggo. Where does this tunnel lead? Down to uh, to the center of the earth, I hope. Okay, we're coming down now. Uncle, look, be sensible. We've got to give this up. It doesn't make any sense anyway. No sense? Why? Because the deeper we go, the hotter it will get. Oh, are you so sure? Well, it stands to reason, since the center of the earth is nothing but liquid fire. Ah, really? You have been there? Well, no, but according to scientific theory... Ah, some scientists, but not all. For myself, I prefer to believe our 16th century alchemist, Arne Saknussem, because he has been there. And more important, he came back. What are you two arguing about? Oh, if we were, my arguments have no weight. Certainly <laughs> not, since they are only speculation. Now, come, let us all have breakfast and press on with our quest. Well, Oxen, how do you find the temperature after these first days? It's quite comfortable. And but... you, Vicky? Oh, I hadn't even thought about it. But why should you? By the thermometer, it is just under 60 degrees. Should it be more? My nephew would think so. Me? Why? <laughs> when we left the surface, it was 41 degrees Fahrenheit. But according to most authorities, there is a one degree centigrade rise in temperature for every hundred feet. So, figuring the present rise in temperature by the Fahrenheit scale... Could you estimate how deep in the earth we have penetrated? Mm, well, that isn't very difficult. Uh, less than a thousand feet. Except, my boy, and I promise you that my figures are correct, we are now 10,000 feet below sea level. 
What does that mean, Axel? It means we are far below the deepest mines ever sunk in the world. And that the temperature ought to be at least 178 degrees. What? So much for preconceived ideas about the inside of the earth, huh? <laughs> now, do you feel better about continuing with our search? Ah, ah, bottom. What did Hans say? Well, he said water. Whatever the temperature may be, we have only a three-day supply of water. That's something no figures can change. But as soon as we get below this stage of lava rock, we will find springs. So, we're going on. But certainly. Well, there are two roads. Both of them dark and narrow. And there is nothing to be gained by hesitation. So, we will take the one to the east. The second day in this gallery, we were all breathing with difficulty, and I stopped. No, 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 go on, go on. I have to rest a minute. So does Vicky. Oh, yes, I, I'm, I'm tired out. What? Traveling over such easy ground? Oh, it was easy, until it started to go up instead of down. Up? Yeah, the slope has changed in the last hour. What? How well, well, it must go down again soon. We're very low on water. As soon as we get deeper, there will be plenty. Oh, perhaps we should turn back, Uncle. When we have come this far, when we are on the edge of making history, there is no turning back. I'm afraid we haven't much choice. Ahead, it's a dead end. The passage is blocked. Oh. Very well, then. We should have taken the other arm of the fork. We must go back. I will drag you through the mental and physical agony of those retraced steps Before we got back to the cavern, we had to ration the water And by the time we arrived, we were parched And so weary, we were ready to drop All of us, except Hans, whom nothing seemed to affect Arrived half dead at the junction of the two galleries Now come we must pull ourselves together and try the other fork. What? Are you mad? We must go back and give up this expedition just when success is almost assured. The only thing that's assured is that if we continue, we'll all die. Very well, then. You must take Vicky and Hans to help you climb. Perhaps you can make it out of the chimney. What about you? I shall go on. And die? I... Don't believe so. The lack of water is the only thing that stands in our way. And as a mineralogist, I have every hope that within hours we will reach a layer of granite. And there, water should be abundant. Vicky? I... I think we'd better go with him, Axel. Even if we made it back to the bottom of the chimney, we'd never be able to climb out. Minute. What's that noise? Noise? Uh, there is Hans. I don't know, but shh. Water! 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 Mar? Neda! Neda! Come on. He says down below. There. There's the water. It's it's behind the wall. A solid wall of granite. No way to get at it. Tons and tons of water. 
a torrent, a fountain of hope, and no way to get at it. No way. It's all over. Are our friends to perish, buried alive, dead of thirst, when unlimited water is so near and yet beyond reach? Well, there's a limit to how much suspense I can honestly hold you under. Obviously, if the story is to be continued, they must survive. But how? I'll return shortly with Act Three. This is... The General Mills Radio Adventure Theater will return shortly. And good luck. Three of our discoverers are slumped in parched exhaustion deep under the earth, deeper than any human being has ever penetrated before. But the fourth, the quiet man of few words, Hans, the phlegmatic Icelander with his incredible physical endurance, has left the others, following the granite wall, listening to the sound of the torrent behind it. And now, faintly, the sound of his effort to save them reaches Vicky's ears first. Oh, Axel. Axel, listen. What? What, Vicky? That sound. Uh, a, a big hex. Yes, Hans. I, I don't know, Uncle. He... Pickaxe. He must be trying to break away the wall. Water. Come on. Let's go. Water. Oh, look, he's out of it. Ah, fucking. He's off. What do you mean, be careful? Ah! Oh, what is it doing? It's hot. It's boiling hot. But it should be cool. Then it hits the floor. Follow it down, and we can drink. To our heart's contents. That precious jet stream of water was to be more to us than something to quench our thirst. Like Kublai Khan that we had all read in school, it led us through caverns measureless to man, down to a shining sea. But I am getting ahead of myself. On the 18th of July, three weeks after we had left the surface of the earth behind us, my uncle stopped to make some calculations. Where are we, Uncle Otto? Well, by my calculations, we are 213 miles southeast of Sneffels. But that means we aren't under Iceland anymore. No, my dear. The Atlantic Ocean is now above our heads, but some 48 miles above. 48 miles? We must all realize by now that there is no way of turning back. You mean, you mean this is our life? Forever? Uh, of course not, Vicky, if you have the faith I have. Remember, there was a man who went before, and he came back and lived to tell it. I must believe, so shall we. I don't think anyone else believed that. The only thing that kept us from going mad was the sense of companionship. And then, suddenly... It happened. We were hoarding our electricity, saving our lamps. And on this day, feeling along in the dark, the nightmare 
that lurked in the back of all of our minds happened to me. Vicky, will you ask Uncle Otto if we can't stop a minute? Vicky? Vicky? Vic... Uncle Otto? Hans? Vicky? I was suddenly screaming, panic welling up and catching in the back of my throat. Then, with an effort, I got hold of myself. What a fool I was being. I had a sure way to find my way back to the others. All I had to do was follow the stream of water. I bent down, and to my horror and terror, I found nothing but dry granite. The stream was no longer at my feet. I went mad with panic, running back in the dark, screaming, Vicky! Vicky! Can you hear me? Uncle Otto! Hans! Please! Please! Ah! and blood for I'd cut my head when I fell I was dizzy and half frantic with fear and suddenly what was that? an explosion? some subterranean earthquake oh lord please don't let me die please don't let me be buried alive no we won't give up fire the gun again and Hans, help, help. That must be the gun. Why does it sound so strange? But if you can't hear that gunshot, it is hopeless. But I do, I do. Won't give up, give up, give up. Why can't they hear me? And why do they sound so strange? Wait, I see it. It's some trick of acoustics. Their voices are traveling along the wall, like the whispering gallery in St. Paul's Cathedral in London. If, if I put my mouth close to the wall and whisper, maybe... Vicky, Vicky, my darling, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Listen, Axel, my darling, my darling, where are you? I, I don't know. I'm lost. Axel, my boy. How wonderful to know you are alive at ways. We have been hunting everywhere for you. Now, because there is a time lag in transmitting messages, let me get us together as soon as possible. I have my watch in hand. At the end of this, I will say your name, noting the exact second. The moment you hear your name, repeat it. The moment I hear it, I shall check the watch. By dividing the elapsed time, we will know just how far apart we are. Ready, Now came the agonizing wait. It was unbearable to know that my darling Vicky and the others were so near, and yet so... Ah, you see, exactly 20 seconds. Now, half of that is 10, and at 1,020 feet a second, that makes 10,200, uh, approximately two miles. Two miles? Now, 
All you have to do, Axel, is to find a path that takes you down. It is better that you come to us. I will tell you why. We are in a vast cavern, and all the cracks and fissures and galleries seem to radiate from here. So, on your way, boy. On your way. I love you, Axel. Just hurry to us. If our voices passed back and forth as they had, there could be no obstacle between us. So, weak as I was, I hurried along the corridor, guiding myself by touching the wall. But I made one mistake. I was careless of what was under my feet, and suddenly, it was as though the ground gave way beneath my feet, and I went slithering on loose rock, down, down, sliding, out of control, faster, faster. So suddenly the slide became a fall. I was jarred against projections, dropping down a vertical shaft till my head hit a sharp rock and all went black. Hello, darling. Oh, Vicky. Oh, thank heaven. You're all right. You're alive. I hear waves. And and we're in the open. The sun is shining. Are, are we back outside? On the contrary. You are now at a depth underground of approximately a hundred miles. Oh, and, and how far from Iceland? Over 2,000 miles. Then we're somewhere beneath London, or perhaps Paris? Approximately. Incredible. What's that hammering? What's that hammering I hear? Come. Come and see. It is Hans. He is building a raft for us. Out of what? Oh, pine, fir, birch. But there are no trees down here. Somewhere on the shores of this sea there are, or were at some time. This is fossil wood, mineralized by the sea, driftwood. It floats, and it will make a fine raft. Good dog, Axel. Good dog, Hans. But why is Hans building this raft? Well, so we can follow the example of that well-known chicken. And get to the other side. I wish someone could explain this... this other world to me. If Uncle Otto can't, nobody can. Where does the light come from? Well, the best I can do is suggest that it's a kind of luminance from electric forces. Uh, a sort of constant lightning. What about those clouds? Water vapor in suspension. How high are they? Oh, a good 12,000 feet, I'd say. How large is the sea? At least as big as the Mediterranean. We've been sailing for nearly a week, and there's no sign of the other shore. And all this inside one huge cavern in the deeps of the earth? It's beyond belief. It was two days later that we made land in a heavily wooded area with mountains rising steeply almost from the shore. In one of them, we found a cave and another miracle. The name of Arni Saknusum chiseled in granite. But less than a hundred feet into the cave, the way was blocked by a gigantic rock which fitted into the passage like a stopper in a bottle. Hans began to chip at it with his pickaxe. Now, it is hopeless. Even you could never cut through that, Hans. No, but Axel can. Axel? How? Let him answer that for himself. What have you got there, Axel? Fifty pounds of our explosive. If we can't cut through the rock, 
We can blow it out of there. Ah, uh, Hans, you cut a hole big enough. For Treflig. Yeah, for Treflig. Excellent indeed. Now, set your charge, Axel, while I make a slow fuse. That will give us time to get away from here before it explodes. Everybody aboard. Oh, yes. yeah. All right, then. Push off oh, and pedal. I, I don't think there would be any danger. Ah, better to be safe. I'm sorry. Oh, the fuse burned faster than I expected. That's what I meant by being safe. Ah! Oh. What, what happened? Oh, 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 There must have been an abyss on the other side of the rock. The sea is pouring into it, and we are being swept with it. Oh, Axel! Hold me! Hang fast to the raft! You're being sucked into the center of the earth! The next 48 hours were a nightmare not to be believed. With the speed of an express train, the current carried us down on a way tearing through between the walls of the tunnel. We were tossed and battered about, but held on grimly. Nothing worse could happen to us, we supposed, until... Oh, what is it, Uncle? We're, we're going up. How? The water has reached the bottom of the abyss and is now seeking its own level. It's carrying us up with it. We'll be drowned when it reaches the roof. So, so there is a shaft over there. Paddle, Hans. Paddle. Ah, the water. It's boiling now. Pray, my little ones, pray. That is our only hope. Fate has flung us in the path of burning lava. And it has mixed up with the water. It is an eruption. And we are going to be spun into the air, hurled along with ashes, cinders, and a whirlwind of flame. But we are lucky. You call this lucky? It is the only way. We have a chance of returning from the center of the earth. four adventurers came back to the surface the same way they had entered, through the crater of a volcano. Burned, bruised, tattered, and exhausted, they were blown out of the volcano Etna in Italy, for that was how far they had traveled through the center of the earth. But they lived to tell the tale. And that is how Jules Byrne's book begins and ends. Once again, I remind all of you that there is only time to bring you highlights of a book such as this. To enjoy it fully and to appreciate the genius of Jules Verne, the richness of his imagination, and the scientific knowledge that justifies it, you must go back to the book. It will bring you many hours of pleasure. cast included Ian Martin, Don Scardino, and Jada Rowland. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is Tom Bosley inviting you to return to the General Mills Radio Adventure Theater for another exciting tale you can hear through the magic of radio. The General Mills Radio Adventure Theater is recommended by NEA, the National Education Association.